Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be running through some of the top waiver wire targets going into week eight of the NFL season. So I'm going to focus in on five players at each position. And these players aren't going to be in any specific order because certain owners are going to need, you know, a different kind of player. You know, one team may need a handcuff where someone else needs someone they need to plug in and play right away. Maybe you want a quarterback who's going to have long-term value or someone needs a play right away because someone is on by. So these are just, you know, some players that you should keep your eyes on heading into week eight and when waivers are clearing this week. But while you guys are watching this, if you're enjoying the content, please just do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. You guys can ask me any fantasy football questions and I'll be responding to every single person. But let's get right into the running backs. And we're going to be starting it off here with Kenneth Gainwell. And I know I said these weren't in any specific order, but Kenneth Gainwell likely should be the number one running back claim. He's owned in just over 25% of leagues. And he is up here because Miles Sanders was carted off the field with an ankle injury. He left mid-game. We do not know the severity of that injury yet, but I mean, this could be at least a few weeks, could potentially be season ending. We just don't know. Normally when you're getting carted off, it's probably not something you're expecting to come back from in the next week. We don't know yet, but for right now, Kenneth Gainwell is the new number one running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know that's not exactly a great role to have because Miles Sanders has been pretty disappointing. But I think the difference here is that Kenneth Gainwell does not need a ton of carries to be successful. And that is because he is such a great receiving back. I definitely think he's a better receiver out of the backfield than Miles Sanders. We saw he was targeted eight times here in week seven, caught four of those for 41 yards and a touchdown. So I definitely think he's a guy you can plug into your lineup as a flex or maybe low-end RB2 play while Miles Sanders is out. The next guy here is more of a handcuff in Alexander Madison, owned in 45.2% of leagues. And so a lot of people, you know, may not think they have a ton of use for Alexander Madison, but if you are a Dalvin Cook owner, you need to have Madison on your team. In my opinion, he is the best handcuff in the entire NFL. And that's because, you know, a lot of these handcuffs, if your star running back goes down, they're going to return some value, but they're definitely not going to be putting up similar production to your workhorse running back. Alexander Madison goes out and puts up almost identical production to Dalvin Cook. They give him the exact same workload they would normally be giving to Cook. We saw in two games with Dalvin out, Madison put up 23.1 points and 26.3 points. So if you have Cook on your team, you need Madison. And honestly, even if you don't have Cook, if you have Madison on your team and Cook goes down, you have like a mid-tier RB1 just sitting on your bench. The next player is kind of another handcuff here with Samaje Pirine, owned in 7.8% of leagues. Right now, he's the number two running back for the Bengals but he has been very involved the last two weeks, 11 carries in back-to-back -back games. So if you're a Joe Mixon owner and do need a handcuff, Samaje Pirine is your guy. The fourth player here is Brandon Bolden, owned in just over 5% of leagues. And right now he is operating as the Patriots receiving back, six receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown here in week seven. In all honesty, you know, the running back position is very thin on the waiver wire. And I just do not trust these Patriots running backs at all. You know, Ramondre Stevenson gets a ton of touches in week six, then isn't even active here in week seven. So there's definitely a lot of uncertainty there, but I mean, he's probably one of the better options that you guys are going to be seeing. And then the fifth and final guy I'm going to talk about 
is Ronald Jones, owned in 31.3% of leagues. He doesn't have much value on a week-to-week basis, but I do think he's kind of a solid handcuff running back behind Fournette. Because he does receive an established workload every single week, he's going to be getting his carries. And if something did happen to Fournette, you know, maybe he goes down with an injury, then I think Ronald Jones becomes a solid RB2 play. Now let's move on to the wide receiver position, starting it off with Christian Kirk. And honestly, I talk about Christian Kirk every single week. He's scored 9.5 plus points in six out of seven weeks. That's in PPR scoring. And so far through seven games, he's averaging 13.7 points per game. Someone averaging 13.7 points per game should not be owned in only 30.8% of leagues. That is crazy. Hopefully that number finally goes up, but I honestly doubt it will because it's been sitting around here basically the entire season. Then I have Rashad Bateman owned in 17.2% of leagues. He's been targeted six times in his first two games of the season. And in week seven here, he recorded three receptions for 80 yards. Personally, I just really believe in Rashad Bateman as a talent. So I think he can just continue to progress throughout the season. He is a rookie wide receiver, just joined the Ravens active roster here in week six. So there's going to be some growing pains, but he's a guy, maybe you have a really solid team. You can kind of stash him on your bench and let him settle in. And then maybe he becomes an asset and a viable flex play for you later in the season. I talked about Christian Kirk earlier, and here I have his teammate, AJ Green, owned in 38% of leagues. This has kind of been throwing me off a little bit. Every single week, AJ Green has a higher ownership percentage than Christian Kirk, despite Kirk just straight up outproducing him. I don't really know if that's an AJ Green name factor, but right now, AJ Green is still a viable pickup. He's on that high-end Arizona Cardinals offense, and he's still averaging 11.8 points per game. So not quite, you know, in that Christian Kirk range, but still, you know, a solid bottom piece of your bench asset. Next up, it is Russell Gage, owned in just under 10% of leagues. And this was his first game here in week seven since week two. He's been dealing with an ankle injury and he put up a really nice stat line, was targeted six times, recorded four receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. He's someone who could very easily operate as the wide receiver two behind Calvin Ridley moving forward. And then the fifth and final wide receiver you guys should keep your eyes on is Marquez Callaway. He is owned in 47.6% of leagues and he has not played this week. He's going to be playing today on Monday night. I'm recording this Sunday night, but this is coming out on Monday. So he's playing tonight and he just has a great stretch of upcoming matchups for the wide receiver position. Plus the wide receiver room for the Saints is very banged up. And so if Marquez Callaway goes out against the Seahawks and puts together a solid performance, he should definitely be someone you guys are looking to pick up, especially because it looks like Michael Thomas is going to be a few weeks away from returning. Now let's move on to the quarterback position, and we're going to be starting it off with Kirk Cousins. He's always kind of on the fringe of being owned in 50% of leagues. I do think his ownership percentage dropped because he did have a buy here in week seven. He's only owned in 41% of leagues, but he's averaging 20.7 points per game so far this season. So he is definitely someone who should be owned in almost every league as a borderline top 10, top 12 quarterback moving forward. Next up, it's going to be Daniel Jones, who is owned in just under 30% of leagues. And he went out week seven, put up 17.5 points. You know, nothing crazy. That's not a fantastic performance, but I do think we need some context here. Daniel Jones has been playing with an absolutely brutal wide receiver core. All his top options have been banged up. 
He had no Shepard this game, no Galladay, no Kadarius Toney. He was playing with Darius Slayton and Pettis as his wide receiver one and wide receiver two. I think he can be a serviceable fantasy play when those receivers are back and healthy. Then I'm going to talk about Trevor Lawrence here, owned in 36.2% of leagues. He's definitely been going through some growing pains as a rookie quarterback. The offense hasn't looked fantastic, but he has looked much improved in his last three games. First three weeks were very rough, but in that three-game stretch that I mentioned, he is averaging 18.4 points per game. I think he's just going to continue to improve. You know, the weapons around him are not bad. So I do think, you know, he's only going to get better and could definitely be a potential, you know, borderline play when we get towards the end of the season. The fourth quarterback I have is going to be Deshaun Watson, owned in exactly 17% of leagues. And right now the NFL trade deadline is November 2nd. So basically that's when we're going to find out, you know, the latest date, will Deshaun Watson be playing football this season? Because if he doesn't get traded by that time, he's said multiple times he's not going to play for the Texans. So then, you know, all the hope is gone. Personally, I think he's someone who is worth stashing. You're basically holding on to him for one week, you know, in the hopes that he's able to get traded. Because when healthy, Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback option for fantasy. I mean, you just have to look at the season he put up last year with just a terrible offense around him. The man is a great quarterback. So if he can get on the field, you know, whether it's with the Panthers or the Dolphins, he is going to make an impact right away if he is allowed to play. So I think it's worth, you know, him taking that last bench slot because if he is ready to go, you could have him as a starter or you could move him for a fair amount in return. And then the last quarterback here, Jameis Winston, owned in just over 25% of leagues. So far this season, he's averaging 18.1 points per game. That's solid. He's definitely had some huge boom weeks and then, you know, some more kind of lower tier performances, but he has a matchup here against the Bucks in week eight. And I do think this is, you know, something Jameis Winston can kind of take advantage of. It's his revenge game. That's definitely not why I like him here, but you just got to look at that Buccaneer secondary. I feel like I've been saying this every week about that secondary. And then, you know, offenses just don't take advantage of it, but the Bucks have just had a great run of playing against not the best quarterbacks. They're going to be missing Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton Davis, Richard Sherman, and you know their corner number three, Jamel Dean, was banged up at the end of the game. So they could be without potentially their top four cornerbacks. And this is a secondary now that you can take advantage of. And then he didn't make the graphic here, but the last player I do want to talk about is Trey Lance. I just didn't put him here because we don't know if he's going to be the starting quarterback. But if they do announce Trey Lance as the starter here in week eight, then I think he's going to be very high on players that you should be acquiring because he does have that rushing upside. Jimmy Garoppolo honestly just looked terrible on Sunday night, so I wouldn't be super surprised if they went with Trey Lance, but I really just don't know what to expect out of that 49ers coaching staff. But let's carry over to the tight ends where I'm going to start it off here with CJ Uzama, owned in 9.4% of leagues. And so far this season, he has had two monster games Week four, 26.5 points. Then here in week seven, 24.1. Basically, he's a red zone and big play threat. So do you love him in your lineup for consistency? Definitely not. But if you need kind of a huge boom or splash player, Ozama could be that guy. Next up, we've got Ricky Seals-Jones, owned in 47.2% of leagues. So barely qualified for this video. Basically, he's taken over as the tight end one with Logan Thomas out. 
And in those three games with Thomas on IR, he's averaging 12 points per game in PPR scoring. So he's a solid start if Logan Thomas is out. If Logan Thomas is activated from IR and is going to be playing, then he basically loses all value. Pat Fryermuth is up next, owned in under 3% of leagues. So it's very likely that Fryermuth is available in any of your leagues. In week six, he went out seven receptions for 58 yards. He could see an expanded role throughout the rest of the season with Juju being out. You know, I wouldn't love him in my lineup moving forward, but the waiver wire tight ends are just very, very thin. So he's kind of the best you're going to get here. Tyler Conklin, kind of another one of these guys, owned in just over 11% of leagues, averaging 8.7 PPR points per game. Nothing crazy, but he's probably not going to go out and lose you a week. And then Dan Arnold, he's made this list a few weeks in a row, owned in 3% of leagues. His last two games, he's seen 13 targets. They definitely want to get him involved. I'm just concerned, you know, the Jaguars want to spread the ball around a little bit too much. Now let's move on to the final position, the defenses. Starting it off with the Bengals, owned in 24.2% of leagues. They are traveling to New York to take on the Jets. This is a great matchup. The Bengals defense has proven to be fairly solid to start off the season, so they should definitely be one of the top waiver wire claims for teams that are streaming defenses. Then it's going to be the Washington football team, owned in 36.5% of leagues. They have not been good to start off the season. There is no denying that. They didn't play horrible against the Packers, and they're traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos, who have been sputtering a little bit on offense. So this could be a decent option as a stream. Then I have the Bears, owned in 16.7% of leagues. They got routed by the Bucks this week. No denying it, 38-3. Here's the thing, though. I mean, the offense just gave that defense no chance. Justin Fields with five turnovers. The Buccaneers had short fields almost every single time. I still think this Bears defense is really solid, and they're facing off against the 49ers, who have struggled so far this season on offense. So another potential stream. And then after the Bears, we're kind of thin here. I have two more teams. Eagles owned in 3.3% of leagues. This is just because of their matchup. They're traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Lions offense is obviously not good. And then here, same thing with the Seahawks. Seahawks do not have a good defense only 5.8% owned, but they're going up against the Jaguars who have not, you know, been the best offense this season. So hopefully you're not that desperate for a stream, but if you are, those are teams that are out there, but that is going to wrap it up for my top waiver wire targets. If you guys enjoyed this video, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts or ask me any questions down below in the comment section, but thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.